Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening Radicals Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. You are joined by myself, Lawson. Across from me, we've got... Blair. And you are listening to The Breakfast Show. Now, Blair, i got a question to ask you. What are you grateful for this morning? Mate, I have my in-laws staying with me at the moment. Oh, and you're grateful for that. I am. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. They're, they're making meals. Uh, my mother-in-law's making food and father-in-law's doing stuff around the house and it's just amazing. I love it. Of course, this is probably prompted by the fact that your wife is very nearly going to have a baby. Indeed, indeed. They're getting excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about to come out. They, could be any day. Any day. Now, I'm we're, on call, ready to go. We are hoping and dreaming that it would happen during the breakfast show because it would be <laughs> good content. But then at the same time, we'd, we'd need Shell to fill in for you. As we have producer Shell in the studio. That's what I'm grateful for this morning. That's awesome. Because producer Shell, she's been getting around in a limited way as as uh, as she is injured. She's you know, flying with a broken wing, but, uh, God is good. And she's able to be here with us this morning, you know, getting it done, producing the show, answering your text messages and, and calls, giving people's prizes, you know, doing all of those things. That's amazing. So, oh, that's incredible. Definitely something to be grateful for. Oh, something, man. Can we, can we also just share our struggles this morning? You know, we share our gratefulness. Guys, please pray for my studies. I have so much on this week. I have lots of due dates and I'm just like, man, I, I need the prayers. You, you've, oh, no, you just told me. I'm, you're done. I'm done. Yeah. You, you're try, you're a trimester student. That's so you're right. Finished. For us semester students, it is, we'll current, pray for you. it's Mad May. Yep. And so we are trying to get it done. Hey, pray for all the students out there. I think it's, absolutely it'll be, we'll be grateful when we're finished. Right? Hey, when, we're just looking forward. It's like, Hey, I'll, I'll be relaxing in June, but uh, for May, <laughs> we're pushing through. So coming up on the show today, we're going to be talking about a rewrite of the Bible that's taken place. Ooh, interesting. And the implications of that rewrite and specifically profiling the group who has participated in the rewrite. Or also, if we have time, I'm going to be looking at a church that has given away some some unorthodox prizes as a result of a raffle. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now we are going to have another clue for, or the first clue for. The you quiz. love the another clue. I know, I know, I know. We're going to have our first clue for the quiz this morning. If you can give it to us, I'm glad. That's right. So the quiz is a Who Am I quiz. So we're trying to figure out who this is in the Bible. And the first clue is this. I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, I would see that they got justice. Mm-hmm. This is what he said. So if you think you know the answer to that clue, you can put your name in the draw to win our amazing prize by texting into 0491064669. And the prize, of course, is three books from Dr. Paul White's Jungle Doctor series, which mm. is a really cool um a bunch of missionary stories. Paul White, of course, was a Australian missionary doctor in Africa and told a bunch of parables and stories, which is uh, worth reading. Great mm-hmm. kids' resources. So, yeah, awesome. Um, if you put your, your, your if you text in now, you're going to get your highest points, of course, uh, as our regular rules of the quiz apply. And so that clue, one more time, it says, I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, I would see that they got justice. Mm-hmm. Text your answer through to 0491064669. 
Absolutely. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. And we've already got the correct answer coming through. Oh, no way. I, I, I believe, like, because I know what the answer is. Uh, they've, they've texted in the right answer, but they've spelt it very incorrectly. I think, uh, autocorrect has kicked in and God. turned it into a, I can't say what it is, but autocorrect has kicked in and has turned it into an English word. But we know that, you know, these people are from the Middle East, so their names aren't. Yeah. You know, that's right. Hey, you're listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM, and we are going to get into some positively different news. Absolutely. And a story from last weekend, which is really quite an amazing story. Mm. A man has summited the highest peaks in England, Scotland, and Wales with a fridge on his back to raise funds for mental health. Okay. Yes. With a fridge. That's correct. This is, it's just such a crazy, amazing, cool story. Uh, there's a, his, the man's name was Michael Copeland and mm. he, he conquered this three peaks challenge in his aim was to finish it in under 24 hours, which he achieved with just 10 minutes remaining. Wow. So this was like to the, to the right to the edge. Um, so much so that he actually had to end up running down the last hill. Uh, with the fridge like banging on his back, and he he, it, <laughs> he said it wasn't very comfortable. For um, sure, uh, as you can quite well imagine. Um, but yeah, the, the, he he started with the Scottish peak Ben Nevis at six fifty four in the morning, and uh, then he scaled Scaffell Pike in the Lake District, and then Snowdon in Wales. And yeah, quite amazing. He said the reason for the fridge. Uh, he said that the fridge represents the burden that mental health can have on us all. And his idea was that, um, that this would be a visual, I guess, reminder of, of how heavy mental health can be. Wow. Yeah, so he was raising funds and um, to, to support mental health. And it was quite, uh, he's got quite a personal experience with this as well. He reflected on being in, um, in the army and uh, leaving the army, but then lockdowns, um, you know, the, the effects of the lockdowns, mm. which, of course, we we know that mental health issues spiked globally mm. um, with some of the policy responses to COVID, um, mm. causing really another pandemic of mental health. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he, he couldn't go to the gym. Gyms were all shut down, which, yeah, that's pretty, pretty um, of course, mental health is always benefited by exercise and he couldn't go to the gyms. Sure. And, all these sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, really quite an amazing story. And I love that he ha- really has a burden here for for helping mental health and has a personal story to back it and achieved the Three Peaks Challenge with 10 minutes to spare. Yeah, I love that he picked a fridge to put on his back because, again, he could pick something else that's heavy. But I could just imagine, like, carrying a fridge is... Because I'm imagining this is a mini fridge. If it was a whole fridge. Then, yeah. Yeah. I can see... It's not a mini fridge. It's it's like a medium fridge. Okay. So, wow. yeah, this is... this. It's not a, it's not a full-size fridge, but it's not oh. one of those little small mini ones. It's... Yeah, I, I've got a photo here, and he's got this thing strapped on his back with, like, those... um, uh, What are those? You know, those little straps. Like... 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 The Snatchem straps. Snatchnaps, that's the one, yeah. Literally wow. he's got those strapped onto his back and, oh, man, yeah. It's, that is incredible. Yeah. Cause, and I love that too because he's like, oh, yeah, like mental health is such a burden. And so he went out of his way to pick the single most uncomfortable thing to carry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while he's summiting these hills. Again, yeah, he could have picked something. He could have like made, custom made a backpack that has like lots of weight in it. But he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to take a whole fridge, like the single... 
most un, you know, like awkward and weird thing to get. That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, really, really cool, um, cool effort that he's doing, and uh, kudos to him for mm. for using his influence and his using his love of mountain climbing, which he developed through those lockdowns, to yeah, try to be a blessing to others. Absolutely. Hey, in another story, we have, uh, of course, uh, there's there's just recently as well been a a 100 kilometer charity paddle through the flood affected New South Wales towns that suffered the the floods last mm-hmm. 2022 wasn't it it was 2022 yeah yeah um and yeah these um of course when the floods happened you remember there was all these these tinny mobs and like jet skis and boats out there doing rescues home rescues and trying to save i guess individuals and businesses and property and all of that sort of thing. Mm. And um, a team of 30 people have completed a three-day paddle covering 100 kilometers through these towns, um, you know, starting Lismore and the downstream communities of Korokai, Woodburn, Waradell. And uh, these and, and the, the group of 30 here have basically paddle-boarded down the, the water here as a, as a way to raise awareness and... Um, and I guess try to close the circle. They 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 were reflecting why you know they most of these people were involved in some of the rescues and had been in the towns and have a really quite negative association with the the river from mm. the flood. Mm. Um, and so this this was an effort to try to, I suppose, ha- finish on a positive note mm. and and use uh, you know use the river to to be a blessing. They raised funds on this hundred k mm. paddle to support local businesses and business owners. Um, and people who are struggling with depression and also struggling mm. with the loss of business. And so, yeah, they um, one of the trip participants said that the, the, the paddle 100% has helped me to make peace with um, with the reality of what happened in February 2022 with the Lismore floods and, mm. and surrounding areas. So, yeah, quite, quite an amazing story. And, um, yeah, they I mean, it was done on a shoestring budget because they didn't want to they wanted to put as much funds into supporting others, right? So yeah, it was absolutely. just literally swags on the side <laughs> of the river um, with their paddle boards and they had a little houseboat to kind of support the crew mm. as they went down um, across the 100K paddle boarding through the, through the river. So pretty amazing story. Yeah, awesome. I, I have a bunch of friends who live in Lismore. Of course, there's you know, churches out in Lismore Correct. and whatnot. And it is, well... Unfortunately, it's a city that has been, or a township that's constantly. I seem. It seems like the threat of flood is is one that is ever looming, and every time there is flooding, you know, there's. I was in. I was in Mwollomba. There's flooding in Mwollomba a lot. We were there this weekend, but I hear like Lismore is what when Mwollomba. It's like oh, they'll have that once in one hundred year flood that'll flood Mwollomba. It's that once in twenty year flood that will flood Lismore, and so it's it's a constant battle for them. So I can imagine it's it's really weighing on the mind. So it's amazing that they could raise money for charity, help those in need, uh, particularly in that area. And as as we saw in the last story, the guy carrying the fridge to raise money for mental health, I I would assume that a lot of be, a lot of money would be going towards that as well for the people of Lismore. Um, yep, are, yep, and yep. other local charities in the in the area. So. Yeah, it's mm. it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's been off to, well, you know, we get Jennifer Skews on here every Wednesday to talk about mental health, as well as we had regularly David Haupt on the show. And I know that David Haupt has done a lot of work with people in those areas in regards to mental health. 
um, to, to enable them to overcome because it seems as though despite losing everything, if you can keep your mental health, you can keep your life and you can, you can keep pressing forward. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing that this is happening and, and it'd be all, I love how you said, yeah, they're just running it on a shoestring budget. It's like, uh, you, sometimes you see like big charity banquets or balls and it's like, man, they're really spending, they're spending a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you know, I hope they're making a, a return on investment here. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM, positively different. We're going to have another clue for the quiz. That's right. Who am I? After I had my brother killed, two years passed before I could see the face of the king. Our second clue for who am I? If you think you know the answer for this, you can text it through to 0491064669 and get your name in the running to win this week's prize, which is three books from the Jungle Doctor series, uh, sharing mission stories from... Paul White's time as a missionary in Africa. So, fantastic. That clue one more time. After I had my brother killed, two years passed before I could see the face of the king. You can text the answer through to 0491064669. Absolutely. And, of course, if you answer with the correct answer, but you don't want to go in the running for the prize, if you just want to participate in the quiz, you can state it or star it. So you can say, hey, I'm just playing to play just to have fun or you can put a little star beside your answer and we will know what that means but state it or start if you just want to play for fun if you want to play for that prize don't state it or start just keep writing in correct answers 0491-064-669 you're listening to the breakfast show here on faith fm and i have a story as i said about a group of people who have made some edits to the Bible. This is sounding very suspicious. It is. It is. It definitely is. And the way that they've gone about it has been probably like one of the least effort ways ever because all they did was just um, punch, punch like Bible verses into ChatGPT and then say uh-huh. edit it in this way, which is so lame. But of course, this group is none other than the Animal Rights Advocacy Group, oh, Peter. No. Uh, and Peter have decided that they, the, the Bible perpetuates cruelty, um, and, um, and unethical treatment of animals. So they've made a vegan Bible. Wow. Wow. Uh, and it's it's begun in its creation um, with modifications to the book of Genesis. And these modifications that they've made have been quite theologically pressing. Like, it, it actually changes the Bible a lot. Like, well, you would already think, okay, if they're removing, like, the death of animals from the Bible, there's theological implications there. But check this out. Uh, one of the ways in which they did is... Uh, in their version of the book of Genesis, Abraham befriends a gentle lamb to demonstrate his respect for God's creation instead of sacrificing the ram to show his faith. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. So, you've got to be kidding so me. So this is, this is the oh. edit uh, that they've made. Now, the, the reason Abraham <laughs> sacrifices and the reason animal sacrifice happens in the Bible is because you're a sinner, right? Yeah, if, it's, it's pointing forward to Christ. Yeah. If anything, animal sacrifice points is is actually important. It actually shows. It's actually a reason why um, animal rights is so important. Because the point is, is that your sin has killed this animal. 
When there is sin, there is death. That's why the Old Testament sacrificial system existed as a representation and Jesus' life, death, and uh, resurrection was actually, you know, the, the solution for sin because sin causes death. We all deserve to die. And so you take taking the life of an animal is in sacrifice is actually to to represent the salvation that you're receiving, uh, that something else is stepping into your place, something perfect and something innocent is stepping into your place in order to, yeah, in, in, in order to save you from your sin. So it's actually a great reason for animal rights advocacy. It's like the fact that that exists in the Bible, I'm like, yeah, this shows how, the, how bad sin is and how it's affected animals and how we need to turn to God, who is, I think, God is one of the ultimate, you know, when it comes to rights and ethics, you can't be more moral than God. Well, th- this is the thing, though. Like, the whole premise that the Bible is not supportive of am- like of animals is just crazy anyway. Yeah. Like, you've got scriptures, you know, Proverbs 12, verse 10, the righteous man regards the life of his animal um, in, the, in the Ten Commandments when the Sabbath is given. It says to provide rest even for your ox and, and the animals in your, you know, that are under your care. So it's like... The whole premise is just crazy to yeah, start yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like their, their premise that the Bible, ha- you know, includes unethical treatment of animals. Yeah. It's like, my friend, like... Uh, hello! Dude, like, go anywhere else in the world and just see unethical treatment, especially in the ancient world. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Now... We also have Peter's version of the story about Isaac's conception in, in chapter 21 of Genesis. And it, and it reads as follows. Um, they actually, oh, before I start reading it, they added in a family dog to, you know, the, the family <laughs> of, of Abraham. And check out how it affects the story. It says, as they walked with Herbie, which is the name of the family dog, Sarah and Abraham thought of the importance of adopting dogs from shelters and rescue organizations rather than purchasing them from breeders. They <laughs> spoke of how buying a dog or a cat from a breeder or a pet shop contributes oh, to the companion oh, animal overpopulation crisis as countless dogs and cats in shelters await loving homes while breeders continue to produce more cu- uh, puppies and kittens for profit. Now, Blair, they are taking a direct oh, shot at you. Man. I, they I, are. They, they are. If for those who don't know, Blair breeds dogs. Uh, shout out Marlo the Duck. Marlo the Dachshund. Yep. yep. On Instagram, twelve thousand followers, and uh, the accompanying breeders page, Remnant Dachshunds. Yeah, that's powerful. <laughs> that is powerful. But uh, they're taking a direct shot at you and saying you are contributing. In fact, they're saying that the Bible says that you are contributing wow. to the overpopulation of companion animals. I mean, they've missed the boat so much. I mean, are there? Are are there wacky, um, immoral breeders out there? Absolutely there yeah. are. But that's, you know, that you can't throw everyone in the same boat there. For Wow. <laughs> and also change the Bible. And change, oh, I mean, more importantly, yeah. change the Bible as well. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just continuing to read the information about this, a lot of people have criticised, obviously, this revised version of the Bible. Absolutely, and most people so. criticise everything Peter does, because Peter is whack. Um, but some some, some people, like on social media, were calling for Peter to be sued. They're like, they should be sued. Well, well most people just describe them as, like, blasphemous fools and silly guys. You know? Wow. It's cause I mean, it's, it's funny that they've tried to put a dog into Abraham's family. I mean, like, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of having pets and dogs and stuff like that. They're pretty cool, but 
You don't rewrite the Bible to make it happen. But it's not just that they put a dog in there, but, like, the dog is an important plot point to yeah. then talk about, like, oh, so, guys, one of the most important, you know, ethical narratives, you know, or reflections of the Bible is how we should we yeah. should only buy from pet shelters and rescue shelters rather than breeders. That's that really ridiculous. trying to read a narrative into the story, isn't it? Like, no, it's not even reading a narrative into the story. Making, it's creating one. It's like, it's like a parody of the Bible. It's, oh, wow. it's insane hey i quickly wanted to talk about another story that's coming from new york in the united states from a church there called the grace baptist church uh that they recently had an an uh a raffle for the church you know to raise church funds uh and a part of their prize pool for this raffle so you know you buy a ticket Mm, and it mm -hmm. raises money part of the prize pool was an assault rifle or a flamethrower (laughs) That you can win as a result of this raffle. Furthermore, um, flamethrowers are actually illegal in New York State, so oh really? Kind of, kind of touchy. But uh, I thought you could buy them from. I thought Elon Musk made a bunch, and you can buy them over in the U.S. Yeah, but we're talking about in the state of New York specifically. Right, R- right. Flamethrowers are illegal. Um, but this church has been renowned for giving away assault weapons uh, to attendees, particularly like 2014, 2017, 2020, they've had raffles like this. And um, the the pastor of this church named Pastor Kalidas, um, he says that America or the United States, which he loves so much, was built with the King James Bible and a gun. So therefore, we need both today uh, in order to, you know, practically live out our faith. Now, this is... This is he's he's wow. this pastor and this church has done a few other things. My the one that I find the most interesting is that um, he would leave a piece of pork at the front of his church, which everyone needed to touch before entering the church to weed out those of the Jewish and Muslim faith who he believed would enter the church to try to to, to try to influence oh, the church. Oh wow! So so this is a, a church that is doing all kinds of wacky things. Yeah. But I think well, firstly, like a church participating in illegal activities. That's um, a bit problematic. That's a bit problematic, but especially from the perspective that it is totally uncalled for from the Word of God. Just the same way that Peter is writing in, you know, veganism and writing in uh, these kinds of like animal protections and whatnot into the Bible. Um, just, yeah, through the way that their church is being conducted, they're writing in a perspective of God or an idea of view of God that just simply, that just simply isn't there. And stopping people from entering their church, like, wow. don't we want to convert people to Christ? It's, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting story. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have another clue for the quiz. Absolutely. The Who Am I quiz today is this. This is the the next clue. It says, I slept with my father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Oh, yikes. That's right. Yep. Something that is not advised to do on any level. Uh, but this is what he did. And so if you think you know the answer to that question, you can text the answer into 0491064669 and get your name into the draw to win our prize of the three books from the Jungle Doctor series. Absolutely. So, hey, again, 0491064669, that's the number to call or text. And if you Call or text in with the correct answer. Hey, make sure you state it or star it as well if you aren't playing for the prize. But we have our amazing Jungle Doctor book prizes, which, again, these are books that you grew up with. 
reading, Blair. Absolutely. And ones that are inspirational towards mission as well. So again, that number, 0491-064-669. We've come to our interview time for today. And we have Brad on the phone sharing with us all things about apologetics. Brad, are you there with us? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me all right? We can. Absolutely. Now, Brad, just before before we begin, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, and, and uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, great. Okay, thanks, um, Lawson, and so good to be on, on the show this morning. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, so my name's Brad. Um, I'm just a regular bloke um, that has a passion uh, for Jesus and for the truth and for wanting to be able to, I uh, guess, understand truth and then be able to articulate that truth to others, which is kind of what our apologetics is all about, just uh, being able to, I guess, distill the truth of God's Word into uh, uh, day-to-day contexts uh, and being able able to justify the position of the, the Bible, I guess. Absolutely. We know that you also have a passion for fixing people's feet as well, Brad. Pray, praise the Lord. We, we, all need, we all need some of those in, in the world. We all need good feet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, were, uh, we were just up in Kingscliff considering, you know, uh, some of the Bible where it says, how beautiful are the feet? Of those, of, of those who share the gospel. And so, so we, hey, we need someone to look after us so we can get out there and, and get the work done. Brad, amazing. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us this morning. Now, as you said, you're, you're mm-hmm. a regular dude living the podiatry life, but simultaneously someone who is endeavoring to be a follower of Jesus and to know him and to know what his word truly says as well. And that leads us to the topic yeah. of apologetics. Yes, absolutely. So, look, um, I was thinking about, you know, uh, what kind of topics people are, I guess, most interested in in the world these days. Uh, And one of the questions that I come across in my daily interactions, I'm sure you two gentlemen have come across this yourselves uh, in day-to-day and in in ministry, uh, the the origin of evil. So, like, so many people have these questions about, like, you know, the Bible says so many seemingly contradictory things about who God is and the origins of this thing called evil uh, mm. and how it can be reconciled with, with a good and loving God. Um, so that's what I thought would be a good uh, platform for us to jump into apologetics from. Uh, and so, look, the origin of evil is a question that has plagued many and, and has been a question in the back of my mind uh, early on in my faith as well. Mm. Uh, but praise God, his word is clear and, and we can find biblical answers from that, uh, from, from his word that he's given us. So look, one of the one of the one of the first verses that, that comes to mind when I think of the origin of evil and, and where it sort of uh, stems from um, is, is, is really a verse that brings questions to mind, which is in First John chapter 4 and verse 8, which you guys are probably familiar with as well, that says that God is love, mm. right? So, so there's this concept that in the Bible, um, God says about himself, not just that this is a part of his character or that, that, that you know, this is somehow a part of who he is, but that, that he is the epitome, that he is the very definition of love. Um, and so this, this this verse leaves more questions at first uh, than it seems to answer in the sense of where is uh, God when I'm suffering or why is it that there is so much evil in the world? And you guys were just talking about a, a perfect example in the quiz. Oh, man, uh, if we could, if we could, you know, talk about the 
epitome of evil. Like it doesn't get much worse than sleeping with your father's concubines on yeah. the roof of the house. Um, that's a that's a pretty crazy example. Um, so look, evil certainly exists. Each one of us has experienced that. There's no doubt in our minds that that's, that's a real thing. So how do we reconcile that with 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 the God of Love? I don't know if you guys have come across that before. Oh, ab- absolutely. You're, I guess, Blair. Especially you've been working in the young adult space. How many young people have that question? I know for myself, also working in the ministry space as well. It's it's ultimately a result of observation, right? That's right. You can read words in a book, and then you just take. You, you, so you're reading these words that say God is love, and then you look up and see all the terrible things happening around you or in your situation or exactly. to yourself or to your family members. Like, it seems as though from our observation and our experience, there's some cognitive dissonance there of like, hey, this is what Absolutely. is supposed to be true, but this is what is actually taking place. You know, you buttress that with the creation account where God says everything he made was good. You know, the first mm. day it was good, it was good, it was Absolutely. good. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and then you look around and, and yeah. Trying to, trying Things to are not good <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> and there's certainly some good things that still remain, but it's, it's absolutely clear uh, to any 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 uh, rational observer that there is a significant evil in this world. Mm. Uh, and so, look, before we even get into the topic uh, any deeper, I think it's important to just clarify that, that what we're not doing here, as, as some commentators have mentioned, that, it, that you can't actually justify evil. And, and, and the reality is that we need to understand what evil is, but we cannot justify it because to justify it gives it gives it credibility. And there is no credibility in in evil, doing the wrong thing, uh, and, and suffering. There's no there's no justification for it. It's not supposed to be. And as you said, Blair, like this in the original account in Genesis chapter one, uh, we read about how God created things good, and He's a God of love. So we would. Expect Good things to come from his hand. So then, 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 then we need to try and reconcile that without giving justification to it, but in recognition that it actually exists and that it is the reality that, that, that we live within. So, so the next question then will, okay, if God is good, which we're just going to take at face value, um, as, as the text reads it, that God is love, then we need to try and find some other justification, or not justification, but reason, uh, as to why we, we see evil all around us, as we've said. So, the, the next verse that comes to mind in, 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 in thinking about this is in First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, which, which quite clearly says that, that evil is not originating from God, who is a God of love, but that evil originates from the devil. Which, you know, the whole, the whole idea of the devil gets thrown around, uh, as to what he looks like, what he is like, and all the rest of it. But we know quite clearly from, um, uh, first Peter chapter five, verse eight, that he is as a roaring lion, uh, walking about seeking whom he can devour. And therefore we need to be sober and be vigilant so that we can avoid the, 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 uh, lion that is trying to devour us. Um, so whatever he looks like, whatever, whatever he is like, um, the Bible gives us some clarity, which we'll get into in a moment if we've got the time. But the the reality is here is as a roaring lion. So there is somebody that or something, someone that is out there trying to cause havoc, trying to cause evil. Uh, and and we're going to try and unpack a little bit about where he came from because that's the next logical question. You know, well, yeah, okay, so God's love, that's fine. And then there's a devil. Well, why is there a devil? Where did the devil come from? Did God create the devil? I don't know if you've have you ever come across that question before in, in ministry to the young adults there, Blair. Textbook, textbook question. 
Mm. Yeah, that <laughs> comes all the time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and I think like a lot of uh, a lot of people who are essentially you could say maybe against the Bible or have some negative feelings towards the Bible or trying to prove the Bible, you know, is not true. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, God created the devil. So then, and the devil created evil. So then God created evil and it's all God's fault. And it's ultimately given it as as a reason to blame God and to not follow him. Um, Absolutely. And so that's why it's so important that we take the Bible as a whole, not just take one particular verse um, that that can potentially undo faith um, and take the Bible as it reads with everything in context. And so another verse that comes to mind in explanation of not necessarily um, that saying that God created the devil or, or not, but actually just saying that the devil was not always the devil. So in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 11 through to 17, it says that God didn't create the devil, but that he created this, this being called Lucifer. And that Lucifer was a perfect creature, a perfect being. Um, but that unfortunately his heart was lifted up out of pride and out of his own free will, which is going to be a, a, an important phrase for this discussion, out of pride and out of his own free will, he rebelled against God. And this is, this is the, the, so, so oftentimes it's argued that because God is love, then he shouldn't allow evil. But at the same time, because God is love, he needs to actually allow free choice, right? And so, so this being Lucifer who was created perfect, had everything, everything going for him. He was in the very presence of God. You can read about that in, in Isaiah as well, chapter 14. Um, it talks about how he was in the presence of God, but that that wasn't enough for him. There was this, there was this developing idea that he wanted more than what God had given him. Um, and, and unfortunately, that led to pride and envy, which then led him to want to rebel against God openly. Uh, and then it meant that there was found no place for him in heaven, which is a place where people only ever seek the benefit and blessing of other people around them. Right. So we have this being that was created perfect, God being a God of love, then needing to give that being free choice because, let's face it, like you can't get somebody to marry you out of love by holding a gun to their head and saying, marry me and love me until we both die. That's not how relationships are built. So what we need is free choice. You need to actually win that love uh, by, by, by doing good. And yeah. so this is, this is, I guess, God's, God's M.O., Mm, that's I love that there because you know that 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 simple idea that love and force cannot coexist is actually so intuitive that makes sense when we hear it um but but it, that that concept really underlies and and undermines that whole question about um that we're looking at here yeah, absolutely, right? So so if God is a God of love, then he has to give free choice. That's like the takeaway message from, from this whole um, uh, debate, really, is, is that God is love, and therefore um, he has to allow the possibility of evil. That doesn't necessarily mean that, lo- that, that evil has to exist. Like we're, we're, not, we're not suggesting the whole yin and yang kind of a concept of, of, of good and evil having to coexist. No, 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 because I've been in plenty of situations in my life where there has only been good. There doesn't mm. have to be evil in a situation uh, for, for the good to be appreciated. That's another, another big question that comes about, um, but uh, one that we don't really have the time to get into because we need to to a conclusion. So, so, so listen, the, the idea that God is love 
means that he has to allow free choice. And then from there, he has to allow, I guess, the results of those free choices as well. Because this is the thing. This is the next logical question for those that are arguing contrary to, to the point. They're saying, that, well, okay, well, why didn't God just destroy the devil as soon as he became the devil and moved from being this perfect creature into becoming an evil, uh, uh, sinister lion, as Peter says, walking about seeking whom he can devour? Why didn't he just destroy him so that nobody else had to deal with the results of his, his, his rebellious ways? Now, that's a great question. Except the simple answer is that, that, that if God had have done that, then people would have been worshipping him for all eternity with a question mark. Mm. Right? They need to understand the results of, of Lucifer's rebellion against God if they were to serve God from free will and out of love, which is what love, a God of love, wants. He wants people to serve him from their free will, out of love, not out of force, as you said, Blair, or out of fear because of the potential consequences of rebelling against him. And so we end up with this, this dichotomy, and God's in, in really quite a tight spot um, as far as you know that concern. I mean, no, just disrespect to that, but he's in, he's in a very precarious position, and I just praise him that he's God and that I'm not, because it's a difficult thing to deal with in wanting to maintain the stability of your government over the universe, whilst at the same time um, uh, maintaining um, um, goodness only ever coming from you to bless your creatures, right? And so so, so God couldn't destroy Lucifer uh, straight off the bat, and this is why Revelation 12 verse 7 to 9 says that there was a war that broke out in heaven, which just sounds so counterintuitive. Why would you have war in heaven? It's not really heaven if there's a war within it. And that's exactly the point. Unfortunately, what it also says is that the dragon or the devil, Satan, was cast down from heaven um, because there was no longer a place found. It was no longer heaven because of this rebellion, this discordant note in the harmony of, of all God's creatures. And so then, then, then we have this, this the, the next question that arises from all of that is, well, okay, if there was war in heaven, Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, that's all well and good. He's then not causing any grief there. How is it that we here on earth are suffering through so much pain and difficulty? And so that's that's the next logical question that needs to be answered from the Bible. I don't know if you guys have got any scriptures that that might answer that particular question mm. that come think? to mind. What do you think, Blair? I give it to me again. So the question basically is: If God is good, then He is a um, he, he can't destroy the devil because He has to give him free choice. And then, therefore, having not destroyed the devil, the devil gets cast out of heaven because there's no place for him. Sure. But why is it that we still suffer here on earth? Where is that? How is the connection then come from the devil being cast out and then us here on earth having to suffer through uh, sin and, and and difficulties that, mm. that we face day to day? Yeah, and you know, in that very next text, there, I think it's verse twelve. Of chapter um, twelve, it says the de- the devil is angry at the the woman and went to make war with her. So you know, I think a, a, oh, that's a good one. A flow yeah. on, you know, is that he's just like um, the devil's just unleashing all his anger on all of us, and and there's mm. suffering attached to that. Yeah, I think that like sin naturally, be- sin naturally affects other people. Um, and so if someone, oh, yeah, that's a big point. If someone has free will and then uses their free will to sin, which I see sin a lot of the time as 
inhibiting the free will of others, right? By sinning, you force, you know, mm. whether it's like, I don't mm. want to be killed, but someone can sin by killing me, right? And, and then that affects mm. me. So mm. the natural outcome of sin is that is the, the affects others, um, inherently. And so therefore, it, but if anything, yeah, well. it's, it's, it's a, it's a powerful illustration to us because then simultaneously it's like, Oh, why are we all affected by sin? Well, we wouldn't live in a sin stricken yeah. world where we're all affected by sin. If Adam and Eve hadn't have chosen to sin. See, this is, this is the That's thing the is point. we are all affected by sin because we've all participated in sin. Yeah. We are, Yes. As much as we're victims, we're also perpetrators. But, uh, yeah. Hey, oh, that's such a big point. Listen. Absolutely. Brad, unfortunately, we've had an amazing conversation so far, but we need to cut you off, dude, because we, we've got... No, that's quite right. I think you rounded it off well there, Lawson. That's exactly it. We, we live in a rebellious world, unfortunately, and we suffer because sin is like a contagion that just inevitably affects other people. So, bold point. I think that wraps it up well, mate. Praise God. Hey, that was Brad with some incredible information. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.